Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. All right, everyone. I'm excited to be here with you today because, you know, we're all business owners and uh, we have a heart for service and helping other people. And sometimes we forget that we started a business to make money. And as, um, as hard as it may seem, sometimes <laughs> we have to know how to create money, how to earn money, how to make money, how to keep money in our businesses so that we can keep helping people. So I'm excited to have this conversation today with my guest, Michelle Cooper. We're going to be talking about separating your business and personal finances and why that's important for you to do and what some of the, some of the consequences might be if you don't do that. So Michelle, get us started with just sharing about who you are, and then we'll dive into what you do from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I am a business owner, so I'm a fellow entrepreneur. Um, I really care about the impact that each of us are creating in the world. Uh, And so it's really important to me that I um, support others uh, to create an even bigger impact than they are now. Um, One of the ways we can do that is by understanding um, the financial aspect of our business. And, you know, um, I just feel like it's it's a really important piece of the puzzle. And I want to help change, like contribute my change to the world. I'm a mom of three, a dog mom, a cat mom. Um, I have a, you know, business, Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping. So I'm a I have a team of amazing alchemists who help clients, uh, and I am probably a lifelong learner. That's me. Lifelong learner definitely resonates. I know that's me, and then also a lot of people that listen to the show too. They're they're constantly learning to improve their patient care and get better results for their patients. Yeah. yeah. Um. On that note, we also have to learn about business too. Like I said, to keep our businesses, not just surviving, but hopefully thriving. Can you tell me a bit more how you got started in the work that you do now? Yeah. So, you know, I, the, my beginning like story, I went into, came out of university and went into corporate, right? So I worked for really large companies um, in the um, strategic finance section PricewaterhouseCoopers, KPMG, Citibank. I worked around the world, all throughout Europe. Um, And I had developed a really, uh, I don't know, unhealthy relationship with money. Um, And I've come to understand that I I used money in ways that I shouldn't have, right? Like I used it to to hurt people, to gain love, to gain respect, um, to control, um, to feel in control. Like, I became a, like a, at a very young age, I became a, like a master wielder of money <laughs> and um, even rejected money at one point and was like, no, I can live on nothing. <laughs> uh, and um, after I had kids, I uh, tried to kind of go back into um, like, a, you know, a job that did not work for me. It was just too much. And I have three kids, right? So it was a lot. And uh, I ended up 
uh, opening a business. So a little boutique, uh, and it lasted two years, and it was so much fun. But uh, I, I, I see now that it was such a gift um, for me to create that business and for it to fail, because I understand exactly what the, all of my clients are going through. The, the creating a business from scratch, from having to wear all the different hats that we have to wear in those beginning, like the start phase of business, right? From trying to understand and make sense of all these things, marketing, like online profile, like finances, all these things that we have to make sense of in our business to succeed and, and also serve clients, right? And I think we can get really lost in, in the business and and lose clarity as to like why we did it right and so i closed the store um two years after it opened uh, because it became too much to handle and in that kind of like self-discovery phase i started helping friends who had businesses and they couldn't figure out why they didn't have any money and so the natural progression like you know, I would show up and, and try to, you know, make sense of the numbers that they had and they didn't have good financial records. So I ended up cleaning up their financial records, ended up catching them up on, you know, past tax returns, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then helping them analyze their profitability. And what I discovered there is that they had a mindset problem. So not only did they have a, like a tangible dollars and cents problem, but they also had a mindset problem. And what I came to understand is that so many of the people that I want to help, you know, like, like your listeners who are creating an impact in the world through their work, um, they, they had this, like there's a couple of main stories around money, but they had developed unhealthy relationships with money and blocks in their mindset. And so I was able to go and um, do some training to help people, like to coach people and then rely on my accounting and bookkeeping financial skill set to like develop a company that helps to clean up the tangible piece. And, and combined together, that really helps them like just relax and allow the progression of their business, which allows the money to come to them. There are a lot of parallels in our stories because uh, when I started my first practice um, as a chiropractor, it was like a, it felt like a crash and burn kind of experience. Like the roller coaster ride was really wild. And, and I was, I have a marketing background and I'm not, well, I'm not super outgoing, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but I was willing to do whatever it was I needed to do to grow my business and like make it happen really quickly. But the thing was like, I was doing all this work on the front end and I was ignoring all of the important details on the back end. Like my, my focus was always on get more people in here, just get more people yeah. in here. And I didn't want to look at like what's really happening with our profit and loss statements, for example. I just ignored all of that and it was a mess. And, and actually, truthfully, if I had slowed down for a minute to look at that information, I would have felt a lot more peaceful and calm, but because I was so terrified to look at the objective information about money, 
I just kept hustling and working so hard that I worked myself to death. Almost literally, it felt like I was just like burning myself into the ground. And so then I just did a very similar thing to what you did. I sold that business and I didn't sell it for profit, by the way. And I think when people hear like I sold my practice, they think like I made hundreds of thousands of dollars. That wasn't the case at all. I just sold it to be able to get out quickly so that I could, I was pregnant at at the time. And I just wanted to be able to like focus on my pregnancy, ensure I had a healthy child and then figure out whatever was next from there. And then whatever was next from there became, I started helping other people with their practices, which I had done before I started my own, which is another long story. And, and then it just evolved into here we are now. Right. But, um, yeah, lots of parallels. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the mindset, like the most common mindset things (laughs) that you see in entrepreneurs that maybe they're not even aware of, but when you dive in with them you start to find like some common themes about their beliefs or their thoughts about money that are, that are stopping them from actually having more of it. Yeah. So a really common one is like, um, you know, like money is the root of all evil or money is for like power hungry people, or it's like, it shows that you're greedy or like anything like that, where like money is gross and people who have money are like power hungry, crazy people. Um, and, and it can come from a variety of like places, right? Like you can, you can witness that in your life as a child or whatever, or you can look out into society and identify people who are acting like that. But um, it really distorts uh, people's ability to create money when they think that it's something that is disgusting, right? And so then they repel it. And a lot of people, like I'm still trying to work through this in my head totally, but a lot of people equate money with power and I don't. I equate money with impact. And I'm not sure like, cause I know there's power and there's impact and they can go along together. Um, but to me, when we have money, we can create the impact that we wanna see in the world. And it doesn't necessarily mean um, like it could be for anybody. It doesn't only apply to business. It We get to decide where we spend it. So we get to decide if we buy organic groceries or we buy factory farm meat, or we get to decide if we buy, you know, um, uh, like $15 deodorant with no aluminum, or we buy, you know, I don't know, whatever brand is out there that's $2.99 on sale at Target kind of thing, right? Like, we get to decide what we do with our money. We get to decide what uh, political candidates we put our money behind, what charities we donate to, um, what churches we give to, or like all of these things, it gives us the ability to create impact. And it also gives us like within our business, an ability to show up and be even more powerfully visible. So, Another big one is people say it's not about the money. I'm not in it for the money. It's not about the money. I love what I do. It's not like, and that is, is just like, um, okay. I just, it's just ignorance really, because it is about the money. You, it, it, you like, you created a business to make money the way you wanted to make it. And that's okay. So saying it's not about the money is denying 
like your own worth in the world. And um, it's like, it's like declaring to the universe, don't give me any money kind of thing. It's not, I'm not about the money. I do this for free. Absolutely. You do it for free, perhaps, but like it, to me, it's like the, and like, you can do this and have money and you should, right? So the yes. problem isn't the money. It's that you think it's not about the money. Yep. And, and there's some kind of belief there that makes you feel guilty or ashamed or embarrassed that it is about the money because mm -hmm. it is. Right? Which takes us back to money is the root of all evil, right? Totally. Like, totally. I don't want my business to be about money because money is the root of all evil. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask yeah. you a question. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer to this on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the most zero being none at all. How much do you agree with this statement? <laughs> I'm going to take a pause because I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the root of all evil. Um, ah, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to rewind. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. There's no right or wrong answer. You get to give this a rating, whatever it is you choose. The scale is zero to 10. Zero being not at all true, 10 being absolutely true, you agree. I say this all the time to people. Good people just do more good with more money. 10. 10. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, right? It comes from like, like the place that you start right? You're like, I don't necessarily believe in like, um, you know, good or bad. I, I believe in like what is right. So good or bad is a judgment for like, for me personally, it's a judgment that I'm placing on something, but like, like people, I see like, if I were to label good people, these are people who have the best intentions, right? Like they might not get it right all the time, but they're really going out into the world, putting their best foot forward, wanting the best for everybody, right? And thinking that we're all capable. Um, and when you, when you add money into the mix with those people, you get like incredible impact in the world. So absolutely a 10. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I just asked that because it's a thing that I've it's like, it's a, um, like a default saying almost, you know, to, that I use as like a trigger in a sense to help people who are really struggling in their practice with asking people to pay for their services. For example, like a lot of times someone will go into a chiropractor's office, the chiropractor provides a service, the person leaves. And if you are in a startup phase of practice, and you're the person collecting the money for the fees, but you are actually afraid to say, okay, here's what you owe me today. And the people leave without ever paying you. That's not a them problem. That's a, I mean, in some way maybe, right? But that's a you problem. Um, but it's a you problem that can be worked on. Yeah. I don't wanna say fixed because I feel like, you know, we're always working on on these sorts of things. It's a, it's a process. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I have a, uh, had a client, um, she's moved on now, but I had a client who is, is a chiropractor in uh, Los Angeles. And um, when we kind of got into her books and I got into working with her, we realized she had 
$86,000 of unbilled work. And it didn't matter, like some of it was to insurance companies, some of it was directly to clients. Um, and I worked with her for probably nine months just on her, her mindset and her belief around billing that workout. Wow. And it was huge. Right? Yeah. It was like, how did we get here? That yeah. You've done all this work and you don't feel that you can bill it out. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, she, she's amazing. Like she did, um, like chiropractic work on animals and stuff. And she did so much for free. Like she would go to rescues and stuff and do work on, on, on like rescue dogs. Um, and, and just out of her own free time, I'm like, you deserve to be paid for the people work at least. <laughs> right. Well, right. yeah. And you know, this is um, a bit off topic, but just while it's coming to my mind, um, I think that it's great if people have the time and energy to give to a cause. Like if you have a skill set in animal chiropractic, for example, and you want to provide care to animals who are um, in a shelter or who are in foster care, then that's awesome. That's amazing. As long as you have the time and energy available and like you're healthy first yourself. And also as long as your business is financially healthy, yeah, right? Like if you are going and giving things away for free, but yet your for-profit business is not profitable, we've got to fix the first problems first. Absolutely. All right. So let's, let's dive into talking about business and personal finances and why business owners should separate their business and personal finances. Yeah. So this is, I'm glad you, you wanted to talk about this because it is a big, uh, this is a big problem. It's really common. And, and there's some, like there's the energetic and the mindset aspect of it, right? Where you're mixing everything together and it gets really messy. But there's also some things to pay attention to, like to be in compliance with the IRS, right? Or if you're in Canada, CRA. Um, and so I always look at both sides. I'm kind of like a, you know, I love the, the consciousness side of money, but there's also the tangible side. And when we look after both, we can create incredible momentum. And so when people mix their business and, finance and uh, personal finances, um, energetically, it's like putting everything in a big melting pot and going, it's all one, right? And then it's really hard to, to measure um, our business, right? It, it gets very messy and we tend to, in our heads, have no separation, right? And we do need to have separation, like there's us and there's, you know, there's me, Michelle, out in the world, mom, sister, friend, whatever I am, right, doing my thing. And then there's me, entrepreneur, business owner, CEO of my company, leader of my team, um, person who works with my clients. And those two things, um, although my, I feel like I live an integrated life, they are separate. Right? I don't have to carry around the business financial concerns um, when I'm hanging out with my kids or I'm out with my friends. 
right? Or even worse, like this was part of my problem early on um, when I'm with my husband, right? And it actually became a huge problem and a significant contribution to becoming divorced because I, I was carrying all this stuff and it was all mixed and mingled together. It provided no clarity um, for him or me, right? So there's that kind of energetic like container that, that we have to be aware of. The, the more tangible um, aspect of this is being in um, compliance, we'll say, with CRA or the IRS. So this is really important for everybody to, to hear and understand. If you are mixing both, so say you have one bank account, you do everything out of the one bank account, and you file your business taxes, and then the IRS want to look at it. They're like, we'd like to review this with you, or we'd like to audit this. We'd like to come by your house and just, you know, have a look around. Um, if you've got things going in and out of um, business and personal accounts, back and forth, that are really messy, you know, like sometimes you pay your groceries out of your business account because you don't have any money in your personal account. So there's a charge there for Safeway or something. <laughs> um, and it's obvious to them, then they then need to trace back the trail of this money. So you've now opened your personal account to their review or their audit. And when we're talking about being in compliance with the IRS, we, as taxpayers, I'm a total advocate for paying your fair share, but we don't need to give them any more information than they ask for. So we don't need to leave these breadcrumbs into other parts of your life, right? And, and vice versa. If you say you get personally audited, you don't need them to be, oh, look at this little financial trail over here. Let's follow that, right? And suddenly they're in your business bank account. That's probably the, the, like, the most significant um, like financial risk exposure that you're taking as a business owner when you do mix your business and personal finances. There's an easy way around it. Just transfer a lump sum money from your business to your personal account. It's your owner's draw, right? Or it's your paycheck or whatever you want to call it, right? It's not you paying your kids swimming lessons out of your business and going to the grocery store, the liquor store. That's a big one, right? You go to the liquor store, you buy some wine. Okay, be really clear, was it wine for a client or was it like you and your husband drinking wine on a Wednesday night because you've had a really rough week, right? So it, it is an area that people um, can unnecessarily expose themselves to risk of penalty and fines and like a really yucky experience. Tell me what you think about this. I'm not a CPA, so I I always give that disclaimer when I'm talking about money with people and making recommendations or suggestions for them. I hear a lot of business owners say 
they're not paying themselves at all from their business. And sometimes they've been running their business for four, five, six, seven years. And, and I'm like, whoa, okay. Now let's think about this from another, another perspective. If you were an employee and you went to work every day for four years and you never got a paycheck, how would you feel? And they're like, oh, well, I would quit. And I'm like, right. So you are the boss who is not paying the employee anything at all. And of course, when you're running the business and you know, like you're learning how to grow the business, money might not feel plentiful. But in those cases, I often suggest like pay yourself whatever you can, even if it's like a hundred dollars a month, pay yourself that $100 a month so that you create the habit of paying yourself, of receiving from your business. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We see people all the time who aren't paying themselves. And, and that's a really great analogy of an employee. And what I tell people is, if you don't pay yourself, eventually you're going to resent the business. Ah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you're not going to want to do it and it's going to fall apart and, you know, it'd be a big disaster or whatever, but right. If you um, were the employee, you would just quit your job. But if you're the business owner, not paying yourself as an employee, for example, then what you do is you feel you, that resentment actually stops you from growing the business because you just don't even want to do it anymore. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that I often remind people of is like, why did you do this? right? Like, why did you set this business up? What was the reason, right? Because you wanted, I don't know, flexibility, or you wanted to be your own boss, you, whatever it is you wanted, right? And there's a sense of freedom there. Money for a lot of people equals freedom, right? And so to really like start with, like, how much do you want out of your business? Whether or not you can afford that right now, Maybe you're like, I want $10,000 a month. Okay, that's that's might be our goal, right? Might be totally doable. I don't know if you're not paying yourself, it's probably not doable, but what it, like, what do you want? And then the other question is, what do you need? Like, what do you actually need out of the business? So a lot of people um, write off a, a part of their lifestyle through the business, right? So there's things that, they're paying for out of the business that they get the benefit of in their life. I don't know, it could be like cell phone is a great example of that, right? Like the business can justify the cell phone bill. So, you know, I get the phone, I get to use it and that's kind of like a perk or whatever. Um, so there's some of those kind of expenses, but at some point you need to get really clear, like what kind of cash are we talking about here, right? What what cash do we want to receive into our um, into our lives? Now, I love the idea of like even if it's a hundred bucks, right? Like I tell people, the minute they start working with me, um, they're going to be transferring one percent of their income to themselves. If they're not taking anything, one percent, and they'll be like, "I don't have one percent." I'm like, "Everybody's got one percent." right? Yes. Yes. And, and it is the habit building, right? Because we don't want you to be an afterthought. Yep. Like you're not an afterthought in your business. 
you're the business. Mm-hmm. You are creating and like, I know my chiropractor is like, like, I wish he could be my best friend. Like, I wish I could like hang out with him all the time. He's such an integral part of my health. Right. And like, I want to pay him. Right. I want him to receive even more money. Recently, he said, to, he goes, I'm really sorry. We had to put the prices up by $5 a visit. I'm like, $5? <laughs> don't even tell me about $5, right? Now, I don't know what he's taking for himself out of the business, but, but he's pretty like self-evolved. So I imagine he's taken something significant, but the best advice I can give you is if you're not paying yourself, do exactly what you said, right? hundred bucks or 1% Mm -hmm. and pay yourself. It's the first thing you do. Don't make yourself an afterthought. Oh, I'll take what's left over. No, you won't. (laughs) And if you don't have the 1%, put your prices up. Yes. Yes. Okay. So for the person that has their business and personal finances commingled, they're going to first um, start paying themselves something right? Is there anything that they should do next to separate their finances? Yeah. So the easiest thing to do is, so if you have a lot of, if you have one account and you're kind of get everything in that one account, if you have a lot of um, like pre-authorized debits kind of, you know, like you've got all these things that come out automatically every month for your business, then open up a, a different personal account. If you have a lot of things like like pre-authorized debits for your personal account, open a new business account, right? We don't need to make it hard because like the mindset is like, oh, I got all this stuff coming out of there. It's going to be a nightmare to sort it out. Just have a look at your bank statement and see like, okay, what is what is automatic? Like, I don't even know this comes out, right? And then move it over, like create a different account. Um, it's often easier to create a new business account um, than it is a personal account because often we have like personal things running in and out. But I'll let you guys decide on which one is easier for you. And then the one that if you're creating a new business account, you'll want to make sure that if you have anything that's set up to automatically deposit money, like we want to keep cash flow going. So you want to change that bank account, right? Now you're kind of like a little bit at a clean slate, right? And you can start to see, say your, let's just say you set up a new business account. You can see your money coming in. You can see your payments going out, right? And you're now paying yourself a hundred bucks a week. Let's just say, right? Well, that's a completely different picture than what you had before, right? (laughs) Yeah. And that's the first step. Yeah. And when you break it down like that, it seems so simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. just, I always tell people like print out the last month's bank statement and just get a highlighter and go, well, this is an automatic payment. This is like highlight the automatic payments for your business, highlight them in a different color for your personal and if you whatever you've got more of 
that account becomes that. Move everything else out. Now, the other thing you can do is cancel the whole thing, right? Now, this can be really good if you're, you're feeling like it's like a runaway freight train, right? Like there's so much, I'm not even aware of, like I haven't even looked at it. I don't even know all of the expenses that are coming out. I had a client recently that had $22,000 a month in recurring expenses. Wow. And more than half of that, she didn't know what it was and wasn't using. And so in that situation, we closed the account and we told them cancel this card. It's been lost, right? And we set up new personal, new business. And then things started to default. So then she would get the default emails, right? Like, oh, your card is, doesn't work, right? And she could decide if that was something that she actually needed or wanted to have, right? And so then what we realized after we, you know, added back what we needed um, and companies are pretty understanding, right? Like in today's world, your card can get you know, picked up by somebody. So it's not a big deal, right? Um, but it really helped us get it under control, like what was like flying through the account every month that we couldn't even keep up with, right? Yeah. And she added back in, it was about just under $5,000. So $22,000 to $5,000. That makes a huge difference. Huge her stress level, I would assume. Completely. All yeah. of a sudden there's an extra, you know, like $17,000 in your bank account hmm. because you're not paying all this stuff that you, you don't even know and you don't want and you don't use. And the key with a person in that situation is to help them learn the self-awareness that they need to not get themselves in that same situation again. Totally. Because that can so, be a self-sabotaging pattern. It totally. It's a habit, right? Because what I noticed, keep working with her, right? What I've noticed is she's signing up for stuff. And so now there's payments being like added and added. And I'm like, hang on. What are you doing? Oh, well, I need this. I want to figure out how they do this. I want to see what this is. And we live in a world where there's all these offers, right? Of this $19 thing, this $44 thing. And we sign up because we're curious and that might be okay. Um, but we have to remember like, okay, is this actually a recurring monthly fee or, you know, what am I doing here? Right. And that is really like playing an empowered role um, with your money and in your business. Right. If you're curious about how somebody's funnel works or how their thing happens or whatever, and you want to sign up, that's fine. But you got to also then put a note in your calendar a couple of weeks later to cancel that thing. Yep. Right. And that's okay. Yep. Right? Michelle, you're so awesome. I'm so glad that we connected because um, you're affirming many of the things that I talk about often. And it's, you know, um, just like when you have an idea and you share that idea with your spouse and you're like, this is the thing that you should do. I know this is going to be so good for you or, you know, something similar. And they're like, nah, 
uh, I don't think that's for me or whatever. <laughs> Sounds crazy. Um, I feel like it's kind of the same sometimes in listening to this podcast or being in one of my programs where like they hear things from me and they think, oh yeah, easy for you to say, or, oh, that's, that's just crazy talk. But when they hear it from someone else who they don't know, (laughs) like, huh, that's amazing. And I don't really care if it comes from me or someone else, as long as you are empowered to, um, live the life that you want to live and take care of yourself, take care of your health and make a good living, a really good living. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I have, I guess I have a soft spot in my heart for chiropractors because mine is amazing um, and has helped me um, like improve my health so much that I didn't even know was possible by going to a chiropractor. And so I really want chiropractors to like, to like own the change that they're making in the world, right? Like, like all of that, like, it's amazing. You have this ability to help somebody's body align itself, like to, to help so many, like when I learned, you know, like the whole like spine and nervous system and how it relates to all these parts of your body, I was like, oh my God, like this is the most important piece of my entire body, right? And I'm like, you should be getting paid like a gazillion dollars an hour because you're helping people, right? Yeah. And so if there's anything I would say to your your listeners is like, just like, just sit with that and just let that sink in the value that you're providing to the world and allow yourself to receive money for it. If you find yourself saying it's not about the money, change that that statement. It is about the money because the money enables me to have an even bigger impact in the world, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's wrap up on this last question that I have for you. Imagine um, a chiropractor could be an acupuncturist, naturopath, someone that's, you know, like-minded has a really busy practice and sees tons of people, but takes home very little money and is usually super stressed, not just about the money, but like about the constant overwhelm and the like constant hustle in a sense. Mm-hmm. what would you want that person to know right now? Um, I'd want them to know that uh, they're not alone, I guess, would be the first thing, that this is a really common experience, that um, it's not complicated to fix this, right? Um, it can be fixed pretty easily. More than likely, there's something wrong with their price point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, And that's a really easy fix, right? The thinking behind it might take a little bit more work, but fixing your price point isn't hard. And uh, the the best thing that they can do, um, like their best next step would be to have like, have a look at their financials, like, and, and get some support right? In understanding the numbers, like, like you were saying in your first chiropractic business, like you're kind of afraid to look at the numbers or whatever, like just, 
just be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to print out a PL. I don't know what it means, but I'm going to look at it. And then I'm going to ask somebody, how do I read that? What does this mean? Right? What would be, what would be better to see? Right? Because this isn't stuff that we learn in school. Right? I, I'm, I don't know what they teach when you go to chiropractic university, but I doubt they teach you anything to do with the financials. Maybe a tiny bit. Oh, it's not good. I mean, it's, not that, it's not that what they're teaching is bad. It's just that it's so minuscule compared to all that we really need to know. Yeah. 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 And you don't need an MBA. You don't need um, to learn how to be a bookkeeper or an accountant. You can hire phenomenal people. They don't have to cost a lot of money to support you. What you need is information. And you need support and understanding what that information means for you in your business. Awesome. Okay. If someone that's listening to the show today wants to connect with you and learn more about you and what you do, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah. So they can check us out um, online. It's uh, alchemyaccounting.ca. Um, we're in Canada, but we support uh, businesses across North America. Um, they can find me on uh, social media, on Instagram, uh, Michelle B. Cooper, or Facebook, Michelle Cooper, or Alchemy, um, or LinkedIn if they like. Uh, or they can email us at hello at alchemyaccounting.ca. Awesome. We've got a lot of listeners in Canada, so um, you're not the only Canadian on the show today. <laughs> awesome. All right, Michelle, thank you again. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.